Well, partner, welcome back for another episode of our podcast, talking to our community about Chesapeake County Police Department. I'm um, Officer Skinner. And I'm Elliot Amos, and we want to thank all of our listeners for coming back. And we have a really exciting and important show today. Again, we talk about that partnership we have with the community, and now we got a great program, some of the coordinators and uh, some of the facilitators for the group um, SAFE yes. uh, in our community. So we want to go ahead and get them to introduce themselves to us. Absolutely. You know, we do a lot of partnerships across the community, business, private, and most people know we work with other law enforcement agencies. But today what we're going to highlight is our SAFE program. All right, excellent, excellent. You want to start up, Ms. Barton? You want to start up? I'll go ahead and start off. I'm Regina Whitsett. I'm the Executive Director of SAFE, and SAFE stands for Substance Abuse Free Environment. Okay, a little bit about yourself. Give me your background and uh, where you're from. How did you get started into this program? Well, I used to be a trial paralegal, and I quit that after about 12 years and wanted to help people um, heal from substance use disorder, and so I used my background and life experiences to go into the prevention field. So wow. you followed one of your passions and yes. made it happen. Yes, Great. That's, that's always good. Okay. Ms. Bonnie? My name is Bonnie Chittister. I'm a prevention specialist at SAFE. And my path that led me here is I am, have most of my adult life been a domestic and sexual violence advocate and worked a lot in the field of prevention, especially with youth, to prevent folks from ever being victims or perpetrators of either of those. And that's my passion. And so... The prevention naturally led to me being a prevention specialist with SAFE. Okay, so how long have you guys been together now? Well, SAFE has been in existence uh, for about 23 years now in oh. Chesterfield County. And um, it started back in 1999 mm-hmm. uh, as a result of a drug, drunk driving crash on Beach Road. And uh, I've been with the organization for about 10 years, and Bunny's going on a year with us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, SAFE is a nonprofit. But you work with the police department and other entities. How did that, I know you said it came about because of a drunk driving accident, but the partnership, you have a lot of people on your board. Can you explain the makeup, the structural makeup of the organization? Yes. So we have a 16-member board, and it's made of a, up of both public and private sector. Actually, Colonel Jeffrey Katz is our um, immediate past chair of our board, and we also have um, Dr. Uh, Doherty with the superintendent of Chesterfield Public County Schools. He's on our board. And we have prevention services on our board. We even have parents who have um, lost a loved one to uh, overdose and a parent who has a daughter in long-term recovery from heroin addiction. So we have a, and we have businesses, CPAs, bankers. We have a wide um, array of uh, directors on our board. Okay. Now, is your prevention efforts only focused toward youth, or is it focused toward the community at large? It's focused towards the community at large. Our main focus is when SAFE started out, it was about preventing underage drinking and preventing access to tobacco. And then as the years progressed, we found out that, you know, the 18 to 25-year-olds are an age group demographic where they have a lot of um, drinking and driving. So we had funding for that. And also now with our um, medication take-backs, we focus on the older adult population, grandparents, seniors. And, Bunny, you can talk a little bit about that with the older adults. Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of focus on safe storage and disposal, where we distribute disposal pouches and lock boxes at events and just to interested parties. And those are for drugs that are prescription drugs or narcotics mm-hmm. or something like that. Yes, so to keep 
anyone else who's in the home, especially youth, um, from accessing. I think you walked us through earlier about coming to the police department. We just did a drop-off point mm -hmm. at the police department. Can you explain that, how people can get involved in it? they got medicine cabinets but full of old drugs, pre prescription drugs, and how do they come and drop those off? Here at headquarters? Yes, at headquarters. Yeah, there's a drop box right here at headquarters, and about four times a year, there's a take-back uh -huh. event in the community that we help to publicize also. They can check our website for that. The next one will be in April where you can come to a, an event where there's a place to drop your medications, and then you can also receive a bag from SAFE that uh, our youth coalition has helped to prepare of educational materials and a disposal pouch in each bag. So when people come to the drop-off of the uh, drugs that they want to give, there's no police checks being done, and it's completely anonymous. They just drive up, drop off, and they leave. That's correct. No questions asked. There is, um, we don't accept sharps, um, so they have to dispose of those in another manner. But, yes, there's no questions asked. Uh, they come in, they drive through, they give the medication bag to the officer, and then a volunteer will hand them the safe bag of literature, and then their unused medications are out of um, the access of people that don't use them or don't need them. So with the formulation of, of SAFE, why do we need such a coalition? Well, our mission is to engage um, community stakeholders, community partners, such as the police department. And we can get funding because we're a nonprofit, mm -hmm. but you all are the experts that are out in the field every day with the citizens. And you see some of the issues, and you've actually called us to the table um, the police department, fire EMS, and the Department of Health called us to the table because you said you couldn't arrest your way out of the opioid crisis and that you really needed to convene all of the, the community stakeholders together to start addressing that. So we do have an opioid and heroin prevention task force, and it has about 30 members on a regular monthly meeting basis. And we have different committees. We have law enforcement. That is a, a portion of it. But we also have education prevention. We have treatment and recovery. We partner with the treatment and recovery folks in our community. Um, we have an opioid heroin treatment resource card that has information for people who may want treatment. And actually, the police department asked us to create that card. And um, it's out at all the libraries and, and um, around town. has been sent out in utility bills, one of your... Uh, majors. That was his idea to do that. But we just want to be able to convene all the people that can reach those that may need help. Okay. And Ms. Jennifer, as a prevention specialist, I'm sure you work with hotels or places where people may encounter folks who are using drugs. Can you talk a little bit about the outreach that you do as a prevention specialist? Yeah. SAFE recently, um, on August 31st, was International Overdose uh, awareness Day, and um, the way we celebrated it was to partner with the Chesterfield County Police Department and Chesterfield County Mental Health Services and went um, distributing to hotels, motels, apartments, complexes, convenience stores, um, the opioid heroin treatment resource cards, and we had about 325 in Spanish and 325 mm -hmm. in English mm -hmm. were given out that day. And we got a lot of good feedback. From, there was already, it's really important, I think, to note, there was already a good rapport built between the community police and these the places that we went. You could see that all, all day long. And they were thankful that we were there and that the police were there, and they were talking about putting these resources in the packets that they give to guests in their rooms and people that are coming through there. Mm -hmm. So 
I think it was really a successful event. That was just one example of a successful event that was related to that. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, I know we, we, we're talking locally right now. We're talking the partnership we have with the police department, um, the fire department, and, um, uh, what is it, um, and the medical field or the med- medical um, um, areas. But what about nation, uh, regional, nationwide? Is it a partnership with you all? Throughout our country? Mm -hmm. So actually there's uh, community coalitions all across the country, even in the world. And there's a national organization called Community Anti-Drug Coalitions of America. And a lot of the community coalitions are members of that organization. And they are up in the D.C. area and they actually um, advocate at the federal level on Mm. laws around substances. And there's about 5,200 coalitions across the country. And regionally, um, there's a couple of things going on here in the Richmond region. There's a Central Virginia um, overdose working group that's um, run out of the U.S. Attorney's Office that's meeting on a regular basis. And there's also um, Community Coalitions of Virginia. That's at the state level. And um, the majority of the community coalitions in the Commonwealth are members of Community Coalitions of Virginia. And they provide education. Uh, they have a rally day down at General Assembly where voices, the prevention voice can be heard. And uh, we have sister coalitions. Um, Chesterfield uh, has been very fortunate. SAFE has been around, like I said, since 1999. But there's also Henrico Too Smart to Start. There's Hanover Cares. There's um, a coalition in Powhatan. There's Friends of Prevention in Richmond. So the community coalition organizations, they're, they're worldwide. Okay, okay, yeah. good. Now, I've noticed in, in the media that alcohol sales in Virginia have been really through the roof during the pandemic. What impact <laughs> has that had on what you do in prevention? Right. Well, actually, um, we just had our annual meeting last Thursday, and Dr. Gay, the medical director at the jail, um, presented on alcohol. And he said that before the pandemic, they were seeing more heroin inmates inmates coming to the jail who had heroin um, use disorder. And now it's flipped, and it's alcohol use disorder is the majority of the inmates that they're seeing. So then they're having to deal with detox issues mm-hmm. that are very different from heroin withdrawal. Um, Did so, they say why? Did they say well, any reason for it? I think, I think um, first of all, access during okay. the pandemic. You know, um, there wasn't, people weren't out and about with the lockdown as much. And um, it was, but yet the ABC stores were still essential businesses and open. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, you know, people who before the pandemic did not have um, a substance use disorder, all of a sudden are drinking at right, home. They right, don't have to go right. to work. Um, and so alcoholism went up during the pandemic for sure. And alcohol sales went up as well. And have you seen any impact on the pandemic with youth usage, whether it's heroin or I know fentanyl is, is a major issue if you want to speak about what you've seen with fentanyl recently or within the last couple of years. Well, I actually know that um, there was a 72% of the overdose deaths in the past year were from fentanyl. So what SAFE has seen in our work with the police department is when we first started back in 2010 to focus on getting the prescription drugs off the street, um, then but that happened, and then people started using heroin. And now, um, you know, we're using Narcan to help with the heroin overdoses, and the drug dealers are starting to lace everything with fentanyl. So, and fentanyl is a much more deadly 
dangerous drug than um, opioid prescriptions or heroin. So that's what we've seen. um, But have you seen an increase in any any of our kids using um, either vaporing or... Actually, um, the vaping between the, uh, with the high school students was um, about 2 million high school students vaped before the pandemic. 2 million. 2 million. Wow. Um, but over the course of the pandemic, um, that vaping usage actually went down because the uh, youth had less access to the vape products. They were at home with their parents, mm. um, which goes to prove our point that if um, young people don't have access to the drugs, it's less likely that they're going to use them. Right. So right. it is really about a, reducing access and availability. So what about the alcohol for youth? Did that increase? The alcohol use, we don't have that data back on okay. that yet. And I don't, we're doing our, um, we just got done uh, administering our youth survey. So we'll have that data in January. And it's going to be interesting to see Mm -hmm. if the youth were drinking at home, you know, while the parents were there. So the youth survey is one of the means that you use to gauge your success. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. And and do you do it every year, every six months? We do it every two years. Every two years. Schools. Mm-hmm. Chesterfield County Schools. Yes, Chesterfield County Schools, right. 8th, 10th, and 12th graders. I know we've used some of your data and some of our instruction at our police training academy about trends of drug usage and, and things like that amongst amongst the children in Chesterfield County. Mm-hmm. But I wanted, I wanted to back up just a, a moment about the drop-off for um, drugs, any type of drugs. Is that any time? I, can, I don't just have to wait to the four designated times you all to, can drop off, but if I'm, uh, um, you know, having problems with my child and they got, I found drugs in their room, can I just bring it to the police department and drop it off in one of the drop boxes? The, the prescription unused medications? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Right. Um, because we talked about the four times that we can do it, that, 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 that mm-hmm. we scheduled to do that. We can bring in a bulk of people to come in and just drop them off and be ready for it. But I'm just thinking about the individual parent or or a citizen that says, you know, I got a problem with Daryl Skinner. Um, and he's, I found drugs in his room, and I want to come and drop him off at the police department. So we can do that. We do do that. The prescription drugs. The prescription, prescription. drugs, yes. Okay, all right. And I know you also have some materials at our county libraries. And yeah. What, what materials are there for the public? Um, the opioid heroin treatment resource cards mm-hmm. where um, – SAFE has partnered with other public safety agencies to put a card together for people that need information about recovery resources and treatment resources. Um, Those are in Spanish and English. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Don't Be an Accidental Drug Dealer cards, which are about safe storage and disposal, teaching people where they can get disposal pouches at all the Chesterfield libraries and how important it is to lock that up, like Mm -hmm. you were talking about with the, the parent and child. Um, and we have those in English and Spanish and Vietnamese now mm-hmm. as of this year. Oh. So um, not for any reason other than the communities were asking for more languages. It's, right. Um, so we're working on that. How do the disposal pouches work? Do um, you put the drugs in it and it destroys them somehow? Or Yes. they. Um, I believe it's carbon, carbon in, in, inserts, and they put the, the pills or patches or the the prescription medicine liquid in the pouch and add warm water and shake it, seal it, shake it, and mm. it det- it makes it um, unaccessible. Like you can't use it after that. And it also keeps it out of the water supply and out of the landfills, which is really important. Right, right. You know the water is testing high for mm-hmm. prescription meds. Right. So they're non-retrievable once that happens. Yeah. 
And I know one of the enforcement things you do, one of the preventive things you do, is also with retailers who sell alcohol. Yes, mm-hmm. um, yes. Can you speak a little bit about the underage alcohol purchasing, mm-hmm. how that works, and who do you partner with? I can. We have some excellent youth that are part of our Safe Youth Coalition. They're usually 16- to 19-year-old youth, um, and they go out with um, undercover Chesterfield County police officers, and they have a route with all of the off-premise retail licensees that sell alcohol, and um, the youth try to purchase, and if they're not carded, um, then the licensee and the, the clerk are cited, and if they do check ID and don't sell to the minor, then they get a thank you card saying thank you for keeping our youth in Chesterfield County safe. That's and great. yeah, the the young people love it, and we usually work with four to six different officers, and um, it's a very well coordinated effort. We do it in the fall and the spring when we have grant funding for that, and. The last time we did it, the uh, the non-compliance rate was 14%, and we got it down in the fall, it was 14%, and we got it down to 12% in the spring. So just letting the retailers know that we're checking, um, and we send them letters before we go out, say, hey, we're coming, you know, educate your clerks. Like, we want them to do the right thing. Right, right. So, um, yeah, and then we publish the people who didn't sell to underage, we published their businesses in the Observer mm-hmm. so that they're getting that positive recognition of doing the right thing for our community. Okay, good, good. Uh, I think we're going to move to the liaison with the, the program, with the SAFE program from the police department. Right. Uh, talk so in the police department, we have a number of activities that we do when we partner with nonprofits, private businesses, places of worship, and um, community members. And we also have, who's been here the entire time, is our Captain Richard McCullough, who's in charge of our special, he's the division commander for our special operations. Special division. investigations. Special investigations, there you go. <laughs> it's close, there was a special, special operations. Special operations, change. Uh, yeah, I was there at one point, but yes, now I'm in special um, investigations. But Captain McCullough, we want to get your take on the partnership and in, in your role from the police department and in, in following one of our four P's of our police chief. If you don't mind first, introduce yourself, how long you've been with us, um, I know you've been in so many different units. Sure. Um, Yeah, again, my name is Rich McCullough. I am uh, a captain in the Special Investigations Division. I've only been over there for about six, seven months now. Um, But I have been with the police department for just over 25 years now. Um, So, but yes, uh, our our work with SAFE is is truly a partnership. Um, You know, they they carry all the the workload, and we're there to assist (laughs) them, truly. (laughs) the two, these two women here are fantastic, um, but our role with with the, um, within the police department is to partner with them in every way we we can. They had mentioned some of the things earlier that they were doing, um, and it's not just you know special investigations, but becoming from special investigations where I, some of my uh, my folks are detectives and vice narcotics. It's a natural um, kind of fit. But a lot of the work they deal with, um, she had talked about some of these compliance checks. You know, our special enforcement team is, is typically uh, the officers that help them with those. Uh, and then also she had mentioned CAP as well. So mm-hmm. um, our community police go around and help them hand out these pamphlets. Uh, they had talked about uh, several pamphlets. I think another one of the pamphlets, I don't know if it was mentioned, was the, uh, the dangers of fentanyl, uh, making mm-hmm. sure those are getting out there as well. Because, again, like the hotels, motels, areas where you're, you're going to have that heavy traffic, mm-hmm. that, that this will really uh, have an impact. That's an area where uh, they try to get get out, and it helps when our officers are able to get out there and assist them in that matter. Um, so we, we enjoy working with them, um, and they are they are a fantastic group to partner with, and, and they've been around a long time. I was in a unit many years ago right. helping with these compliance checks, uh, right. taking these uh, youth out there, and and and, and they enjoy the, the youth enjoy doing it. So right. uh, it, it's a great partnership there too, because now you're you're bringing the community in to help 
other aspects of the community with the police department. It's just a, it's a great pairing. Right. Good. Now, have you all seen, you have any success stories you'd like to share? Exactly. Um, sure. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. We talked about the International Overdose Awareness Day distribution on the take back events we consider a success. Um, I think, uh, you mentioned the dangers of fentanyl brochures and, um, I think, Another success to me is just having local youth get involved in educating other youth mm. because they, they right. listen to each other. Oh, yes. And yes. so having the, we have a PSA contest at two of the high schools that we host, and the students and teachers really appreciate that. We recent, recently had a national media agency do a webinar just for the youth at mm -hmm. the schools and mm -hmm. for our youth coalition on the most effective prevention messaging and how to, what works and what doesn't work. And that was very exciting. Um, and so having the youth create messaging for the other youth, I think, is a, oh, yeah. a big success. Yeah. And they're just phenomenal, the PSAs that we get. Now, if the community wanted to become involved in your nonprofit, how did it go about doing it? Is it even available? Oh, yes. We have um, a website. is chesterfieldsafe.org. Um, they can go there, and we have uh, different pages on all of our different initiatives. They can donate there at, through PayPal. Hmm. Um, they also uh, can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We have a pretty um, good social media presence with our um, uh, drug-impaired driving messaging because that's the 18 to 25-year-olds, and they're all on social media. So we want to you know, get our messages out there where it'll reach them. Um, and we also are always looking for new board members um, from the community. Uh, also, our task forces, the opioid and heroin prevention task force, the tobacco and nicotine task force. Uh, we're going to be reactivating our marijuana task force coming up. Uh, but we always love to have people that are interested citizens in this topic to, mm -hmm. to join our efforts. We, we need help. Right. We, you right. know, it's a big community, 360,000 people. And it takes uh, all of our partners and a lot of different citizen volunteers to help us take that have village. An and, and I yeah. know with some of your outreach, you do go and speak to civic groups or places of worship or um, organizations or businesses as well. Is that that's correct? Still? We'll go okay. speak to Rotary clubs, um, civic organizations, churches. Uh, we've had churches that have donated to our organization. Mm -hmm. We've had churches that have held events um, for their congregation. Uh, and that, that's always important because, you know, they might not listen to nothing personal. They might not listen to a law enforcement officer, but they would right. listen oh, to yeah. a pastor yeah, or something, you know, to deal with it. Right. Right. And what our end goal really is, is to get the stigma so that people don't have that stigma of there is a problem with substance use disorder in my family and I have nowhere to go. Right. Right. And I, it's not okay to talk about it because it is okay to talk about it. We right. want people to talk about it. That's how they get help. Right. And that's how they change, the, you know, cool. the behaviors. Well, before we close out, do you have anything you'd like for our listeners to know or, or a main point? I know we've covered a lot of area, and I know you have your website, um, chestfulsafe.org, that it can go to to get further information. But for those people who may not be computer savvy, like I'm not all the time, is there something you'd like to get out from prevention or about your program? We, like I just said, we need everyone. Right. Okay. And, and, you know, don't be ashamed if there's a problem in your family. Um, and educate your children. Talk to your children. I know one young man that said, you know, um, substance use disorder is, um, gene, it's passed through the genes. You know, it can be hereditary. Mm -hmm. 
And I had one young person say, just because it's in my history doesn't mean it's my destiny. Right. Oh, yeah. and that's good. That's it's excellent. really good, right? Mm-hmm. Out of the mouths of babes, right? Yep. But just because there's problems in the family doesn't mean that the younger generation has to follow in those exactly. footsteps. Good for you. And good so that's why you. we want to educate people to make different choices. Excellent. Excellent. Did you have anything you looked at? Um, we're recruiting right now. The youth are recruiting for the Youth Coalition. So if there are any youth uh, interested in 14 to 20 years old, in joining, they can also go on our website and see information about that or to contact us. That's great. Good. Well, I personally want to thank you all for what you do. After 25 years of policing, mm-hmm. I've seen the impact that drugs and alcohol have on our community, but I've also seen successes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm a firm believer that education and real talk amongst adults with young people works. Um, it's difficult, but, yeah, it works. but it works. It does. You have work. to have those conversations. Yep. And it's, it's good to know that you've partnered with the police department or we've partnered with you and all of the other community members um, to make this happen to benefit Chesterfield residents and visitors of Chesterfield County. Exactly. Captain, thank you for coming by and Thanks, talking Captain to us McCullough. and giving that move. Well, partner, another successful Yes, Project podcast. Safe. You know, let's remind folks that ChesterfieldSafe.org is our website. Yep. And go there, get more education, volunteer, become engaged. Yep. We, we, and need we definitely need the community. Engaged. Exactly. Get exactly. the community involved in it. But we thank you. Well, thank you, and I want to thank all of our listeners. Remember to follow us on Facebook, all of our social media accounts. And if you're interested in a position with the Chesapeake County Police Department, just go to joinccpd.org. That's joinccpd.org. <laughs> thank you all, and see you next awesome. episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.